to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sex and sexuality. Today, I'm so excited. This person's kind of a big deal, everybody. Okay, this, I just, I just love this, like, little phrase tagline also, uh, and I'm gonna absolutely ask her about it once we welcome her. But, okay, folks, (laughs) intimacy expert to millions susan bratton hey susan yeah hi erin i know that's a bit bodacious of a title isn't it but shit it's true man i've been helping people for decades and you using all the interwebs and uh i've touched a lot of people and um you know one of the things that i've done uh, that i think has really really helped me feel super confident in understanding the landscape of sexuality is Mm -hmm. that i have responded to every single person who's been responding to my email newsletter with their personal stories and asking me questions and then of of the last you know however many years sliding into my dms oh wow and um, you respond to all of them that's so much emotional labor how do you do it all of them because i feel like it's a gift that they give me to share their deepest personal uh, you know, fears, desires, requests, etc. Mm-hmm. And it's surprising that for someone being out there, so, so sexually, if you will, mm-hmm. that I get hassled very little. Very oh, little. People good. are I'm so actually glad for you. super nice. There are a couple of people who are like, a little, you know, sexually slavish in their, <laughs> let's say their, you know, their um, kindness to me. <laughs> sure. But um, generally, people are just like, I trust you. I've been following you. I have some questions. Would you be willing to answer? And I'm like, lay it on me. Mm-hmm. What's up? And then I give them, I give them my responses. And I remember decades ago when I first, the reason I got into sex you know, a sex advice is really what I do. Mm -hmm. Sex techniques. I've written sex techniques. That's what I do. I'm not a therapist. I write how to transform having sex into making love. My kind of style of sex is passionate lovemaking, heart-connected, conscious lovemaking. That's my my jam. And I I remember that I went to the Human Awareness Institute workshop sex love and intimacy mm-hmm. and i was sitting in the audience this was my the very beginning of my journey in my mid-40s and i was sitting in the audience at a workshop and people were asking questions of the facilitators and they would ask a question mm-hmm. and the facilitator this 
particular facilitator, Chaz August, who's long become my friend and is my own personal person that whenever I run into my own issues or my husband and I struggle, which you do, I'm married to him 30 years this year. Uh, we're in a poly relationship. That shit's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad to hear you have support too, because it sounds like you offer support to literally millions. So I'm so happy to. to hear you have that person too. Because yeah, you, you have do have to, to, right? Yeah. 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 But I remember thinking when a person would ask a question and he would give a completely different answer, but it was like the perfect answer. Mm. And I'm like, how did he do that? And there's a point at which you've helped so many people and you've heard Mm. so many things that you can get underneath the words to to know these kind of classic struggles that people have. Mm -hmm. And you, you can get right to the heart of the matter, even if they can't even express it themselves. And I, I recently have felt like I finally got some level of mastery on that from simply answering thousands and thousands and thousands of questions over the years to people. <laughs> that's a really, really good point because that's the thing oh. about putting in your 10,000 exp- hours to be an expert on something, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. that's definitely part of it. Like to see, you know, to zoom out, you know, with the macro lens and kind of see uh, trends, see the common struggles that yes. folks are dealing with because like yeah. we're all human and we kind of all want the same things. You know, we all yep. want to, you know, connect with people in whatever we way. All we all want ice cream. We just like there different flavors. There it is. There it is. <laughs> There's even ice cream for vegans, lactose intolerant people. We can all have ice cream. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So maybe let's start there because that's such a great um a great talking point I think about like what are the most common struggles that people have in their sex lives let's start there um I'd say the top two that are popping to my mind are Mm. um discrepancy of desire (gasps) yeah yeah and um orgasmic shit like I can't come I come too fast I can't quite ever get to my orgasm it's you know like delayed orgasm you know like all those kinds of things um shame trauma religious repression um so like just not feeling enough body image issues or um having had things that hurt them hurt their feelings you know like betrayal is a huge one and there's like 20 percent of people who just can't fucking get over it because of their genetics and they just keep reliving it like it's real it doesn't fade for them like it fades for other people they stay active it well said yeah so like that's a big one um Probably other ones are, and I, I still lump this into repression too, but like I want more than I'm getting and I don't know how to get it. It's not even like libido mm. discrepancy. It's more like, fuck, I want to learn how to, I want to learn how to squirt. I want to learn, you know, you know, like there's those, I want to do things. I don't know the pathway to yeah. get it. Novelty and, then, and newness and yep. yeah, exploration. Yeah, novelty Experimentation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a big one. I'd say those are probably the, you know, in the pantheon, those are the ones at the front of the crown, the jewels of the crown, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's (laughs) maybe start with just kind of breaking down desire desire discrepancy, because that's one where I feel like people feel like, well, it is what it is. 
and you know they just kind of have to deal oh god and, no you know what i mean but oh god no mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. I, where do you kind of start um to unpack that yeah there's one more I want to add. Oh, yes, to, please. Um, and that is um, what I would call ageless sexuality. And it's really about sexual biohacking and sexual regenerative therapies. Because one of I, I think about my knowledge as a, a little stool with three legs. Leg number one is like where I can be most impactful for people against all of those major issues we discussed. One is the leg of technique, literally learning orgasm skills, pleasuring skills, touch techniques, uh, sensual communication, asking for what you want, knowing for what you want, you know, like the, so it's like the skills. So one is technique, one is communication. Those two are two big legs. And the third leg is my body, whether it's I'm dry, I've lost lubrication, I can't come, I come too fast, you know, it's all those things. The and, and then I'm getting old and stuff's not working. How do I fix it? People are starting to realize. Or a realize, disability. Yeah, my body has changed. All, yes. all sorts of things. Yeah. And yeah. people are learning how it's possible to fix atrophy of aging, things like that, diminishment of sensation, stuff like that. So I'm a real expert in that area. And male enhancement, penis enlargement. Because so many people are afraid to be like, well, if I talk about penis enlargement, it's, it's going to shame people about their penises. And I'm like, right. I mean, everybody talks about boob jobs. Fuck it. Let's just talk <laughs> about how you make your dick bigger. It, you don't have to put silicone implants in your body, which create autoimmune diseases. You can actually just use a penis pump and make your dick bigger. And yes, so absolutely. I am, it turns out I'm like the queen of the penis pump and <laughs> happy to be crowned queen of it because... Guys want bigger dicks. Women are like, you can never be too rich or too thin. And guys are like, I'd like a bigger dick. And I can't help women with too rich or too thin as much as I can help with dick. So I help make giant freaking schlongs on guys and they are happy. And I've helped thousands and thousands of men learn how to pump. One of my books is The Pump Guide. I love that. And it teaches you how to use a pump I like called the Whopper, which is a two-cylinder system. And guys can add 20 to 25% overall penile dimension, length and girth, and hardness and firmness, and mm-hmm. happiness and veininess. And I love a veiny dick. I'm like, go on record <laughs> as I love a veiny dick. And so it looks healthy. It makes my mouth water. It's, so, it's going to be on your tombstone. <laughs> Well, that's not, gonna, that's not what's going to be on my tombstone. But yeah, I have some epitaphs. Yes. It'll be on his, perhaps. Yes, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. I got the veiny dick I always wanted. Yeah. Or, or a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that no, that's a good point. The thing of like, okay, well, you know, my body, my choice. And do whatever the fuck with your body that you want. You want a bigger dick? Yeah. Okay, pump, yeah. pump it up before you have bedroom time, sex time, kink time, whatever it's going to be like there there are things to like I'm a person that's a kink facilitator so like I I love I love pumps all sorts of pumps nipple pumps breast pumps clit clit pumps oh my god my clit is unbelievable these days I just have (laughs) put so many O shots into it done so many Femi waves done so much clit pumping it's incredible (laughs) 
Why shouldn't we have a nice big dick? I like big dick energy, don't you? Yeah, I like big clit energy even better. Same. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. There That's what go. I'm talking about. Yeah. Big clit energy. It's like the best, man. Yeah. And there's like so many fun fantasies that you can engage with that also. Like I come from a, I'm seeing it through a kink lens, right? So for yeah. me, it's like all sorts of like bimbofication, slutification, objectification, yeah. like yep. sex dollification, you know what I yeah. mean? Where we like yeah. to kind of engage that fantasy of just being like this like sex robot that it, like this human dildo, this, you know, whatever you want to call it, this sex machine, you know? Yes. Um to uh yeah to be used and to be um yeah uh, I mean I mean I'm getting very distracted talking about this <laughs> because it's so fun it's so it fun to engage that fantasy I love that equally as much as being like the one running the game and the one on top and mm-hmm. the one calling the shots and mm-hmm. I really love that too and a lot of people call that doming yeah I don't know I mean, I think it's the, topping. It's technically topping. topping. Yep. Exactly. It's I the like person that too. doing the thing to the other person. That's the top. Yeah. That's I always feel like I'm a power bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, explain, explain, explain. Well, in the gay world, you know, they have they have bottoms, they have tops, and the power bottom is the person receiving, taking yeah. in, yeah. but calling the shots. Absolutely. And I just think that's a very nice term for a very sexually confident woman with a male, you know, with a penis owner having sex. Is um, the, the more sex you have, the more confidence you get, the more you can go from mm-hmm. being the receiving, submissive, kind of like girly girl thing, which is what's so rampant in our culture, mm-hmm. you know, that women are like just supposed to lie there and take it in to being the one, you know, calling the shots, whether she's doing that with a strap on or she's just doing that with a male body partner or both. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think all of that's like super hot. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a really... um a really cool thing to bring up. I, li- I like to talk about the difference between doming and subbing and, and topping and bottoming and how you can be receiving an activity while dominating someone yes. or having, you know, even just like a little power dynamic. As you said, you're like, I don't necessarily call it doming, but I call it just kind of calling the shots, whatever you want to call it, however you want to identify yeah. that thing of like each sex act doesn't have an inherent power dynamic attached to it, right? Like you can give a blowjob you know, from a submissive kind of power mm-hmm. dynamic mindset, or you can do it from a dominant uh, yes. mindset, like any sex act, you can kind of do play on either side of the slash or play absence of any power exactly. dynamic whatsoever. Like I In think the flow. Yeah. And I feel like one one act that is um, often looked at like it does have a power dynamic attached to it is pegging. And I it agree. absolutely doesn't. You can do pegging, pegging just for the physical sensation's sake. You can do pegging that's soft and sweet. And yeah. as you said, kind of passionate and romantic and like yes. lovemaking, you know, yes. like you can absolutely that's an act that's kind of associated with maybe humiliation or feminization and stuff like that. But it's just, it's just a thing going in a hole like any other sex act, right? Well said. And I agree. 
Um, I, I, I personally enjoy pegging. Yeah. And same. I have some lovers who really, it's their favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, I was just like, where's my tentacle dildo? This was what was going through my <laughs> mind yesterday. Must find tentacle dildo. Must be in the bottom of a bag it's somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> and um, I love all those like monstery tentacly things, you know, they're just hilarious. But I, I like to make love to a man with that too. It doesn't need to be, perf- here's what I don't like. What? I don't like performative sex. Okay. I like heart-connected, flowy, pleasurable, um, like, sex that just feels very, like, turned on and super hot and excited. And you're both just bringing so much turn on to the interaction. Mm -hmm. I like to get out of the, like, I'm going to peg you and flop my dick around and smack you with these tentacle things. And, you know, I... I don't like that as much as I like the laying him down and telling him how gorgeous he is Mm -hmm. and loving him and, you know, eye connection, heart connection. Mm -hmm. That's just more my jam. I like all the stuff, but I move away from performative and try to get into my heart and my presence because I do feel like that kind of whole... There, there is much that is performative and role-playing, and it's not as authentic, vulnerable, and connected. Mm, that's an interesting take. I feel like I, um, I do both at the same time, because for mm-hmm. me, with a lot of my kink partners, their love language is receiving humiliation, is right. being so objectified, that's not mine. Yeah. is yeah. being, um, yeah, like uh, being used and abused, quote unquote, mm-hmm. right? Consensually, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah. Um, but that is their love language. So that is romance, you know, and that is like showing, that is um, being connected. And that is really vulnerable for us both to do together. Yeah. And um, yeah, that makes sense. I'm also a generalist I like everything like literally I'm like or just fuck me like it can be you know yeah I, I'm a professional kink person but I'm like also or just let's fuck because I like literally everything yeah yeah I would say my customer base is and remember I don't do any one-on-one I don't do any workshops I don't do any sessions I do public mm-hmm. speaking I speak yes. from the stage um, but mostly what I, what I do is I publish passionate lovemaking techniques and orgasm skills. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. my focus is actually orgasmic expansion, helping people have the 20 kinds of orgasms that our human body can have by showing them the steps to achieve them. And so that's kind of what I like. And mostly my fans are... In a, two categories. Category number one is just your basic, what you would, you and I in the sexuality business would call cisgender, heterosexual, normative, monogamous, serially monogamous couples. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a dude and his lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my big swath of followers. And my second swath of followers is gay men. And it's gay that. men because I talk about male orgasmic potential and I talk about penis enlargement. 
but and I talk about sexual regenerative practices like the gains waves and the pee shots and the nitric oxide, like how to keep your dick bomber. And um, bomber. I, I like a banging boner. I don't care what you're banging. <laughs> And um, that, I think, is, you know, another kind of part of my following because my father was a gay man and I really understand, I, you know, I, I feel like I have a deep connection to the gay community. Mm. So those are kind of my two areas. So I'm not so much into the kink, the fetish, the BDSM. I bring those in as all kind of L-I-T-E, quote unquote, light practices into my heterosexual monogamous couples world yeah oh I love that though like because that's it's just all different lenses that we you know view it from because like for me like I really talk about like non-penis centric sex you know what I mean like in the kink world it's like you know you can be receiving you can be enjoying yourself and not have a boner like the boner is not the only you know indicator of whether you're having a good time or not and that we're exploring everything else and the whole you know all the other spectrums of sensations that are happening so it's really interesting to just hear like from different perspectives yeah yeah absolutely but um, I want to go. Can I say one more thing about the boner before we go to the next thing? Oh, boy, but of course. Um, <laughs> you can say you. lots more about the boner if you want. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I really like to do is I, I like to help men optimize their boners. I like to help them optimize their penis and, penises. And then the other really big thing I do, and this kind of goes back to your original question, which I never yep. actually answered. Yeah, we're going to go back. Was, we're going to go back. Which was the desire discrepancy piece yes. in, the, in the typical heterosexual relationship. He's orgasmic from intercourse and she isn't yeah unless she has a vibe on her clit or something like that and so one of my favorite things to do is to help people cross that gasm chasm and learn how help a couple learn how to have the female partner orgasm the whole time she's getting fucked basically like it feels so good the whole time and the big part of that goes to desire discrepancy because what I do is I mostly kind of translate how female arousal works in our culture today with all of the shame, religious repression, you know, body image issues, all the stuff that women are saddled with. Yeah. And how their genitals have as much erectile tissue as their male partner, but it's like buried pleasure, buried treasure. And so... (laughs) I love all these phrases you have, orgasm, chasm. (laughs) I know, I love doing that shit. Buried pleasure, buried treasure. I love it. I love it. And so what I do is I explain to female listeners i'm just going to use the male and female to explain the parts because it's more simple if that's okay um i understand vulva owners penis owners yeah exactly i fully support gender spectrum fully fully and slide around on that fucker all day long it's okay with me it's a spectrum (laughs) i think it's a i think it's a slippy slidey thing and enjoy the slide but um uh, for women, vulva owners, I really like them to understand how their arousal works because they've been rushed to yeah, sex yeah, 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 yeah. by penis owners who just don't understand women's arousal and women don't understand their arousal patterns. And so they've been having sex 
at the speed of men in the yes. way that men want. And a lot of that's also what's depicted on your typical pornography. So it's, and it's shitty in the movies. It's all shit. Everything's shitty that any people media. see. Yeah, any all media. All media is yeah. shitty. So I try to explain what matriarchal sex looks like versus patriarchal, empowering women to get fully turned on, teaching them what their path to turn on could look like, helping their male body partners understand how different it is bringing the men back to where the women are and then climbing that ladder together so that she's turned on enough to start easily having orgasms from intercourse she needs so much more time than he does and so slowing everything down do you think that's kind of at the root of the desire discrepancy there yes I think that's the root of the deception. I think it is. I think yeah. it's um, literally the uh, engorgement timing yes. is the root of discrepancy and women not feeling like they are empowered to take the time required. I let my pussy make all the decisions <laughs> and she's different every day. Again, power bottom. Power bottom. <laughs> exactly. But I really do think that my partners are so relieved that I, that we just, my husband and I actually call ourselves hashtag team sweetie. And we've used that for the 30 years of our marriage. And a big part of it happens in the bedroom where it's us, not against my pussy, but like subservient to her. She decides what she needs and what she wants. And I am the the mouthpiece. I'm the mouthpiece. She sets the we pace. Just, yeah. we, she's the pace car and we just follow her. And that's been huge for yeah. so many couples to just reframe into, let's just let pussy tell you what she wants. And she, you give that to her and she is a dirty, horny little fuck slut who will come like crazy when you let her do that and that's so nice for the heterosexual couples to be like oh fuck yeah man that makes sense okay we'll do that a try and then all of a sudden they're like oh my god my wife is like such a horny bitch now yay (laughs) do you think a part of this is also this thing of um you know how, uh, oh, what, gosh, what's it called? Like the way we feel aroused, like outside in or inside out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, is that an element of this as well? Yeah. Like one of the things that I do is I explain to people that there's something called an everted clitoral erection, that your goal is to get her clit, her clit boner popping. Oh, I love that. I was even talking about something else. I was talking about like reactive arousal. uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. You're talking about spontaneous Spontaneous. versus reactive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 spontaneous versus reactive. Continue talking about the clitoris, please. (laughs) Yes. So everted erection. So one of the things that I explain is that you need to get her erectile tissue full of blood Yes. And when you do that, and it takes about 20 minutes for her to achieve the same amount of erectile function that he got in one or two minutes, right? So you got to go back and you got to default down to pussy time. And the everted erection is one of the ways to get the clit. And when I say clit, I actually talk about the three erectile tissue structures of the vulva. So there's the yeah, clitoral like the perineal the, and yeah. not even. That's the clit. The clit has the the, 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 the glands, the yeah. shaft, the legs, mm-hmm, the arms, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the body. Then there's the urethral structure, which people call a G-spot, but it's a long 
it's a long tube. Mm -hmm. And then the perineal structure, which is on the floor of the vagina between the vagina and the rectum that nobody's even talking about. So there's three erectile tissue structures that encircle the vaginal canal and they have to all get filled with blood. Mm -hmm. And so there's two ways you can do it from the inside out and the outside in. The inside out is the everted clitoral erection and that comes from playing with the system that's connected, which is mouth, lips, throat, neck, breasts, nipples, and all the clitoral structures, all the vulval erectile tissue structures, they're all connected. So if you play with her breasts and nipples, if you suck on them, if you kiss her, if you French kiss, if she sucks your cock and deep throats it, those are all things that start bringing blood flow from the inside out. That's the everted. And then there's the outside in, which is manual stimulation, stimulation with toys and tools, stimulation with your mouth, your fingers before penetration. So what I'm really trying to do is get all that pussy tissue fluffed up Yes. before he, and I basically want her pussy to pull his dick in. I want her to want that dick in there so much that the minute he slowly enters her, because most guys, they look at porn and they're like, oh, okay, the vagina is an inside out dick and it just wants friction like my dick. So I'm just going to plunge in and start pounding. When I like for people to reframe the vagina as a pocket, a muscle that's a pocket. And so it has it's more like a cave with rooms in it and you can discover all, you know, this is why some women love deep thrusting and they call it quote unquote cervical orgasms, but it's just, you're, there's a spot, there's peace, but but really it's like the whole fucking thing spots. It's not just, (laughs) I got to find the G spot. I got to find the A spot. I got to find the sir. I got to find, no, the whole internal structure is all sensitive once you awaken new neural pathways to pleasure and you alive and and awaken all that tissue every little spot inside her vagina feels good and it's more like a pocket than it is like a sheath i don't like that we call it the birth canal it tents when a baby comes out of the uterus sucks up and the uterus opens like a like a garage door it retracts and the baby's head comes out and comes down into the pocket and out the vagina and so we got this notion of canal which i think is really a misnomer for great sex because when a guy understands how to use his penis like like a pool cue or you know and he's like really thinking about like i'm gonna touch all the fucking spots in there i'm gonna do like 360 it's a three dimension this is quantum fucking right here right we're just going like (laughs) touching all the shit in there and when a guy does that then he starts activating his pelvis he starts doing pelvic rocking he starts getting that dick moving in there he's not just going yeah suddenly it's ab day yeah Exactly. at the gym. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's so funny because one of my little silly things I say is don't skip dick day because a lot of bodybuilders follow me because they want to be swole. And yeah. so they've got all That's these, right. you know, I love that. I love that phrase. They, they've got these giant buys and tries and they're doing it to attract women. They want to get fucked. They want to look good, you know, yeah. but then they're all giant and their dick looks little. And so bodybuilders are like, how do I make, how do I want to get my dick swole? I'm like, here's the pump. Here's the guide. This is the protocol, <laughs> you know? <laughs>
Bed Post podcast is sponsored by Come As You Are. Founded as a worker-owned cooperative, Come As You Are has a fundamentally anti-capitalist and feminist approach to sexual pleasure, health, and education. Come As You Are doesn't profit from your pleasure and only stocks products that they truly love and believe in. Come As You Are has been voted best sex shop in Toronto since 1997. Check them out at comeasyouare.com or 254 Augusta Avenue in Toronto's own Kensington Market. We are also sponsored by Club M4 Toronto. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA. And now you can go to their website, www.clubm4.com. If anything looks interesting and you want to check it out, head on down to Club M4 at 1989 Dundas Street, Mississauga. So how, how do we like make that, bridge that emotionally to suddenly center the vulva, to center the woman or the vulva owner um, when they're not used to that? You know, I can imagine emotional things coming up, like being self-conscious that it's taking so long. Maybe some people just, their love language is more like a giver, you know what I mean? So to have like so much time spent on them, maybe worship makes them feel feel uncomfortable or maybe they do have body image uh, um, issues like you mentioned briefly before Um, how do we kind of bridge that emotionally to be able to do sex in this way yep that's pretty easy Um, I have one of my most popular books that I've written is called sexual soulmates the six essentials to connected sex it's a super sweet book and actually I'll give it to your listeners if they want it Um, you can buy it on Amazon but I have a PDF version you can get for free at sexualsoulmatesbook.com oh fabulous and what it does is it you know how I talked about how I helped thousands and thousands of people for decades and like I would give them like try this try this report back like one of my favorite things is report back (laughs) yeah yeah feedback (laughs) yes I love the feedback and I mean I have had people who have been reporting back to me for literally decades they're always trying new shit and um I boiled down what worked the best for people to have this this style of sex this heart connected conscious lovemaking Mm -hmm. kind of intercourse and sex and oral and everything and um there were six things that i noticed really helped people one was teaching them how to be present because sex is a mindfulness game absolutely the second one was learning how to set up the lover space so that it's conducive to surrender to your pleasure and relaxation mm-hmm. and women especially are very sensitive to their environment yeah and like so, get the kids at the babysitter tell the roommates yeah. to fuck off that day um yeah yeah, all of those things lock the door so no one you're not worried someone's gonna burst in like all that stuff yeah yeah and candles and fresh towels and clean sheets and a fascinator book a dungeon ritual chamber book ritual chamber exactly (laughs) but yeah get some like yeah like is the place yeah is it clean because you know stress can be related to like if it's cluttered like clean the place get some nice candles going have the olfactory senses engaged. Put on some nice relaxing music. Yeah, I like that thing of like creating the environment can help you really, it, it gets your nervous system down, right? And then you can feel safe and you can be in that vulnerable space. Yeah, and it's also it's also a key part of foreplay to me. Absolutely. 
And then um, I have something called the Sexual Soulmate Pact, which is basically an agreement between lovers that overcomes what I found are the two biggest issues between my my customer base. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, number one, I'm, I don't know what I want. So I, don't, I don't know what I want. I just know what I'm getting isn't it. Yes. And if I, and so I'm afraid to ask because I don't know what to say. Number two, if I give mostly him feedback about something or ask for something, he collapses and Ego. feels like a failure. Oh, yeah, and so that's how tough. Do I, that is very tough. So yeah, yeah. I have the sexual soulmate pact is in the book. And so you can read how to do it. It's ninja shit, man. And it really helps guys be like, yeah, baby, tell me more. That was awesome. Give me some. And, and how she can be like, okay. I actually think what I want is this. Oh, oh, okay. She, it's basically listening to herself, understanding how to tap into her felt sense. And then, and then um, communicating it. Yeah. And that takes skills. Like communication is a skill like any other, right? That you learn, you practice before you can habitualize. So this yeah. is tough stuff we're talking about. Like people don't struggle with it for no reason, right? Yeah. It can be hard. It can absolutely be hard. Even for quote unquote experts, you know, it can be hard all these types of conversations but the more you do it the better you're going to get at it the easier it's going to feel for sure and i feel like the sexual soulmate pact is a, is a communication technique that circumvents those things that make us afraid afraid mm. to hurt an ego afraid to speak up it's a technique and then um the next one is polarity learning how to run the giver receiver masculine feminine whatever you want to call it top bottom Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know um it's learning how to play across that spectrum with each other so it's very empowering both men you know the masculine is allowed to receive and be feminine the feminine is allowed to drive the game and you know that is a really fun thing that's important for couples to learn when they want to increment their skill and then embodied sexuality so many couples are stuck in let's just run our genitals together create some friction and I like to create connection like to transform friction into connection and so (laughs) embodied sexuality is very much about the senses more touch more full body touch more more of just looking in each other's eyes connecting hearts for a lot of men they haven't yet learned how to connect their cock to their heart Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that's a big lesson in polarity right there Grounding activities. Yeah. Like eye gazing is a grounding activity. Sinking your breathing is a grounding activity. Yeah. All that and I'm stuff. not even, yeah, I love the sinking of breath. I love the breath work. I love breathing into your pussy, breathing into your cock. I love mm. tantric breathing. I love um, not just eye gazing, which is a little overwhelming for a lot of people, but just mm. even just opening your eyes in the moment of orgasm and connecting with your partner is very uncommon for a lot of people because it's vulnerable right yeah vulnerable. it's a protective gesture to shut your eyes yes exactly. yes yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the last one the six essentials is erotic play dates and i find often for couples once they realize okay i'm going to keep bringing myself back to presence i'm setting the lover space mm-hmm. you know i'm doing all these things what people want from me even more than orgasm techniques or communication skills they get those and they're like okay what's next and erotic play dates are super helpful because for a lot of people in heterosexual monogamous relationships you know sex experts will be like well you should schedule sex Mm -hmm. and uh, and i'm like women don't want to motherfucking schedule sex 
that's another thing on their list of things to do. <laughs> you know, they don't want to do that. They want to be swept away in the passion of the moment, romanced into full abandon. Like, that just sounds better to chicks. Mm-hmm. And so what I say is... Yeah, I see. I think you can do both, which I think is what you're going to get at. You can yes, schedule so- a passionate swept away type of... Uh, Love making or sex. What I, yeah. It's that. What I call them are erotic play dates. And yeah. instead of thinking about a sex date where it's intercourse, because again, she's usually not orgasming from intercourse. He's usually been sticking his dick in her like half an hour too early, 370,000 times. And, you know, so she's just like, I got to do this again. He's going to masturbate inside me. Like, that's where most people are, Aaron. Yeah. And so when you move it into erotic play dates, I have a thing I call my sex life bucket list. And it took me a couple of decades of learning to put this together. It's at sexlifebucketlist.com, no surprise. And (laughs) it's 48 erotic play dates. And it's for solo pleasure as well as partnered pleasure. And there's all kinds of fun ideas of new things you can learn together. And when Mm. you begin to learn things together, begin as beginners like a good Buddhist does, you start having teenager new relationship energy, even if you've been together for 30 years, because you're doing something new you've never done before. And so I have this sex life bucket list you download the pdf i don't collect your bucket list you download the pdf and you print it out if you want to like an old person does which is me (laughs) and (laughs) you write on there a b or c next to all 48 things and it comes with a video where i it's like your first erotic play date is watch this video with yourself or your partner if you're lucky enough to have one and want one and you each mark down your a's your b's and your c's a is is, oh fuck absolutely yeah, this yes. is on my bucket list we were gonna do it we never did it yep. b is it curious would, it wouldn't go on my bucket list but if it's on my baby's bucket list we're gonna do it yes and c is it's not for me right yeah. now never mm-hmm. say never the shit you used to look at and go that's fucking freaky now you're like <laughs> okay i'm <laughs> masturbating to that <laughs> jesus christ See what this sound, what this list sounds like for me again. A can cleanse. This is a yes, no, maybe list, right? It is. Yes, yeah, yeah. So like we do the same thing in the kink world for folks who are, um, you know, just connecting perhaps, and they want to see what the things they have in common. They want to see the things like that maybe you know, and you can do it at any point in your relationship, obviously as well, or yeah. solo, like you mentioned too. Um, but like just that thing of like, okay. We want to do something new. We want to quote unquote, you know, spice up our play or our sex or whatever. Um, And then you can be like, you can do the yes, no, maybe list and be like, oh, okay, you're curious about that. I didn't know that. I'm also curious about that. Let's explore together. And you can kind of bring the novelty um, into a relationship, even though, you know, you've maybe been together for many, many, many years. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I put some kicky stuff on there, Erin. Don't worry. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. <laughs> yeah. There's no, like, scatology or anything like that. Because, you know, I want, you know, your regular moms and dads to not be grossed out by it or whatever. So I kept it, you know, fun. Light, but like got, you said. Yeah. L-I-T-E. Yes. Light. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, well, it's very important also if it's the purpose of the list is, like, to try the thing, then yeah. you're not going to put 
you know, things that are advanced kinks on there. That you know yep. what I mean. You're not going to put things that are at a tense intensity eleven because that's not where you start. You know, that's not where you're going to start if you're a person that's starting to explore. I have a question for you. But of course, what would you say would be in the left hand and right hand columns, which would be starter kinky versus like really advanced kinky? What what goes in each column? Um, Many kinks actually can be done. They have a huge range from very mild, you know, sensual light all the way to like the most extreme brutal, like however you want to phrase it. So a lot of kinks have such a big spectrum and the advice if you are a beginner is to just start on the very mild end of the spectrum. Um, But there are some implements, for instance, that are just advanced implements, like don't pick up a whip and practice on a person never do that you know what I mean like a whip Mm -hmm. and a whip is different than a flogger Mm -hmm. um so you know there's a a bit of like implement literacy that might uh need to happen before you kind of dive in but like no person that's never picked up a whip before should pick up a whip and start whipping someone absolutely not uh there this is kind of interesting because some things that are used in quote-unquote vanilla types of sex are actually very dangerous like choking how many times have you had a one-night stand with somebody you haven't talked about kink you haven't done a kink negotiation or anything about your kinks no yes no maybe list was made that day and they reach for your throat Mm -hmm. uh you know how are you supposed to trust that this person knows how to choke properly because actually Mm -hmm. choking is one of the most dangerous uh things you can do and it's interesting that that has kind of been the thing that has crossed over to vanilla sex um, because it's actually breath play is like one of the most very dangerous things ever Um, whereas you know things like piss play are very 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 tame you know with like not a lot of risk literally at all you know what I mean so it's it's all about you know this perception versus the reality risk risk assessment of the acts um, you know because anybody thinks they can pick up um, you know, a paddle and start beating someone with it. But it's like, well, if you don't know where to hit them and you, if you don't know to not hit them in the lower back, then that can be the one of the most dangerous things you can do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it's kind of that thing of um, before you pick up any new implement, do a bit of research, maybe take a class. Uh, like rope can be very, very, very dangerous as well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. so it's stuff that like the perception might be mild, like rope like choking you know like yeah tie each other up it's like okay but if you're not using a proper cuff where there's circulation if you're not changing position regularly all of this stuff like if you don't know that like you shouldn't have tingling in your hands or numbness or if they're getting cold like that can cause actually some really uh, significant damage so I would say start low and slow with everything I'm here as a professional kink facilitator I have a lot of couples I have a lot of like heteronormative vanilla type couples come into the dungeon and they just want to learn to me that's the best case scenario the best way to do it if the yeah. both of you are a game hire a facilitator for an hour have them show you some of the implements that you are curious about just to make sure that you're doing them properly 
Yep, that makes yep. total sense. One of the things that I like to do is I like to teach men how to hold a woman by the neck and throat without any issue. And I, I teach them this little thing. I even have diagrams on my website where the, the, the like soft tissue between the thumb and the first finger, if you hold her and squeeze your fingers on one side of her throat and your thumb on the other, but you're barely making contact across the windpipe and you can even slide it right up underneath her chin um, and hold her down and kind of squeeze or kiss her or whatever. Um, and that's not going to block her airway. It's not going to make her choke. It's not going to make her cough. It's not choking. It's a satisfying dominant hold. And I think people have gotten those conflated. And I'm trying to separate them. Like I love to be pinned down and fucked. But I do not want to be choked or cough or have my airway restricted in any way. I'm not into asphyxiation yes, at all. Exactly. And so people are like, oh, those are two different things. That's fucking interesting. Okay, thank you. There's a blood choke and there's an air choke, right? Exactly. Yeah, there's one that restricts a bit of blood flow and there's one that restricts mm -hmm. breath and they're very different and they feel very, very different. And then there's one that just feels like you're being held down a bit. There's yep. no... Just a bit of pressure. Yeah. Yes. Just a... It's a hold rather than mm -hmm. a choke. And honestly, never never underestimate just ha just having someone's hand on your throat with little to no pressure at all. It's super hot. Super hot. So I love effective. That. Like you mm -hmm. really don't have to put any pressure at all, really, other than just the weight of your hand yes. to like, honestly, that's so hot. Even just thinking about it. I'm I like, know for just, me too. Yeah, that yeah. does it. That does it for yeah. me. Me too. <laughs> right me too. Yeah. And I think it does it for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think it does it for for as many men as it does for women like Absolutely. i know if i climb on my guy and i've got my hand on his throat and i'm making out with him he's getting really turned on absolutely yeah <laughs> it's fun for everyone it is um okay so one thing that i want to uh, switch over topic wise yeah. before we um we i want to some fun <laughs> yeah i want to leave a good chunk for this because um okay. i know that you um you have a couple books you've had so many books come out it's amazing and you have a couple more coming out soon so yeah. I just wanted to ask you, like, what are the things that you've been thinking lately? Um, and, you know, what what are you writing about them? Because I know you're writing away like a busy little yes. bee. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, the three things I'm working on right now are, and I'm doing them all kind of simultaneously. For some reason, I'm just in this, like, massive. You're a multitasker. Well, I'm just having <laughs> this, like, massive analytical, like, my brain is stitching together in new ways at a, le a, a level and depth I've never experienced in my life. I'm on fucking fire right wow. now. It's so nice. And um, I think it happened because I got COVID three times, one of which oh. was super long haul. Oh. And I was literally in bed for a year and a half, barely brain could fog. function, couldn't yeah. even sit up, couldn't do anything, couldn't read, couldn't write, couldn't watch TV, couldn't do anything. I was so sick. And it, and then when I came back to myself and started gaining my health, 
all the stuff that I used to do all day long, I never did anymore. I couldn't do it. So other people did it for me in my company because I've got about a dozen people in my organization and they were just having to do my job. So when I came back, I was like, well, I'm not going to do that shit anymore. <laughs> They're exactly. doing it now. They're Selling doing it. it. Like, you don't need me to do it. And so I do a couple of the things in my company, the higher level things that I have to have my eyes on, but it has freed up my time and it's almost like it re booted my brain and I just started being able to think about things in new ways. So there are three things that I'm working on right now that I'm super psyched about. Number mm-hmm. one, I am launching something called the Quiet Vibe Awards. I am a hypersensitive person. I'm somewhere on the spectrum, like not autistic, not Aspergery, but definitely sensitive. And I think that's why I ended up in the sexuality space because I can feel everything and then I can describe it to people so they know what they're going for. And part of that is that I don't like noisy things. Yes, same. And I hate noisy toys. And so I just did, and I'm kind of a nerd. So I just used a sound, a decibel meter in in a sound box and I measured toys and I am launching the Quiet Vibe Awards for people who live with kids in their house or have roommates or just want to masturbate and have nobody fucking know about it or whatever. Or they're, yeah, they have audio overstim like you just mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. Or audio overstim like me. Yeah. So um, that's an exciting new thing. And I'm creating a Quiet Vibe Guide. And then I used them all on myself and I shot video of how I like to use them on my vulva. And I'm putting that on my OnlyFans and I'm launching a membership on my OnlyFans. Right now it's free, but I'm gonna be launching a VIP membership and that's one of the first packages that I'm gonna be launching. Because I think people need to know how to use these tools. You know, it's, it takes some time to understand the opportunities that they provide. And it's also important, I mean in porn, like I'm a con- adult content creator as well, it's also important to like, have um education and um entertainment you know come together come yeah. uh-huh. and you know in that you're showing you know you're showing authentic representations of pleasure and and whatnot is very important in, in pornography edutainment exactly. edutainment yes and um my only fans is my name susan bratton so it's onlyfans.com slash susan bratton for those of you listeners who are like i don't see your pussy on those vibes in it and then <laughs> and the, they do and they do it's, a, it's such a pretty pussy you should see it and then um the second thing that i'm doing in addition to quiet vibe the quiet vibe guide which will be at quietvibeguide.com but it's not launched yet Mm -hmm. i'm doing something called orgasmic intercourse Mm -hmm. so i'm continuing to help especially female bodied people come from penetration but teaching male bodied partners and people who like to wear dildos and strap-ons how to use your penis or penis shaped thing Mm tentacle (laughs) tentacle or your tentacle (laughs) i i I really love octopus porn too tentacle porn is super super hot to me i want to be probed in all my holes simultaneously if i could fuck an octopus i would (laughs) and i'm a scuba diver so i love to go down and play with octopus they're so great so um octopus yes so um 
orgasmic intercourse. And then, uh, so all the things you need to know how to have orgasms the entire time you're fucking, both of you, full body male, multiple orgasm as well as female. And then the third thing that I'm working on is called orgasmic cross training. And it's a notion that I got from one of my mentors, Sherry Winston. She wrote the book, the fabulous book, Women's Anatomy of Arousal. She was like a generation before Emily Nagoski's Come As You Are. And she taught me about the notion of orgasmic cross-training long before there were really sex toys. <laughs> I have been doing this a while. And um, I have taken the seven types of sex toys and uh, put them together to show you how to activate different areas of your vulva to generate more neural pathways to your largest sex organ, your brain, what should be in your pleasure chest, how to activate your whole pussy so that you have massive orgasmic power, not just single orgasm, not just multi-orgasm, not just extended orgasms, but but expanded orgasms, which I also like to call these quantum orgasms. And so um, I'm working on that. And then I'm and the next one I'll do is I'll do that on the male body. I'll do that for penis owners as well, because there's some really great things that penis owners can do to spread their pleasure and in increase the, themselves to the 20 kinds of orgasms their bodies can have. And dudes are like, 20 kinds of orgasms? I only have one. I only know of the one. Yeah. Yes. And so women are much more interested in expanding their orgasms capacity yeah. in the grand scheme of things generally but men are becoming more aware they're like oh okay prostate orgasms all right I'll try that you know like men are starting to explore their back door in like your basic your basic dudes are starting yeah. to explore the back door <laughs> my, yeah. my guys are basic dudes I, I mean these that. are who I like hey, I like no basic judgment. dudes no judgment to the basic dudes absolutely no I mean they're just on their journey of and course I love that you're talking about like the strap on wearer and the pleasure that they can have as well, because that's yes. so important. And I think that's something that people are like, well, what is that person getting out of it? And there's so yeah. much even like, you know, when you're talking, you know, so many different physical things can be happening, but also like aesthetically and like, yeah. you know, there are so many, uh, so many lovely emotional things that can be happening of seeing your partner receive for a change oh, and like know. you know seeing them experience pleasure and to be inside someone and um oh i i um i saw this cool clip of uh there was a person um that had their arm behind a wall and then there was a fake arm in front of the wall and the there was like a facilitator that was essentially like touching his real hand behind the wall while he was touching the fake hand and he he created some like cool mental connections between this person's brain and the fake hand and um then he started like doing pain stuff to the fake hand and he was wincing uh, and experiencing actual pain um, through the fake hand, which was crazy. But like all of us uh -huh. who are like regular strap-on wearers, yeah. we're like, yeah, this is this is what happens when you wear a strap-on. Like yeah. it's your dick. It you is. feel it. You feel it. Like your mm -hmm. brain does that thing, that tricky yes. thing, where it is your 
appendage and you are inside someone and you can feel it like there's this kind of you know um suspension of reality thing that happens when when you're using a strap on that's like just so so rewarding in so many different ways from like hot to you know deeply emotional to healing to like all of these kind of nuanced elements of why it's enjoyable and interesting for the top in a strap-on scenario so i love that you're bringing that up as well beautifully said yeah that was just wonderful for everyone who listened to this whole show (laughs) that to me was the best thing that was said on the show oh come on now no i like that no that was really good aaron that was just starting with that analogy of the arm and then transferring Mm. that into the strap on and making people realize how much heart there is to it and how much embodiment there is and how much energetics there are and how loving it can be um i think that's that's beautiful Yeah, I love talking about, um, like, traditional kinky acts, like we mentioned pegging or strap-on play. You know, sometimes people are thinking that's just reserved for kink spaces and looks one certain way. I like to talk about those kinky activities, um, you know, in a really soft, sensual, loving way. Playful, like, one of my main things about my dominant persona is that I'm playful. So that's something that's really a really important kinky core value for me is um that you can play that kink you know can be for so many more people than you think it's for like um you're just you're just assuming that it looks one way very lots of intensity lots of pain you know really degrading or humiliating and it's like oh gosh but that's one spectrum that's way over there yeah it can also look this way yeah so it's, that's really important to me. If anything, I think what we've come up with is that whether you're a heterosexual, serial monogamous, yep. you know, pretty vanilla couple, or you're super kinky, mm-hmm. into all kinds of fetish, whatever it might be, there's not that much difference between them. Absolutely not. <laughs> Thank you for just wrapping that up in a lovely little bow. Absolutely. Okay, before we let you go, Susan, please yeah. tell us where we can, you got a main hub, I'm sure, your website and your socials that you can direct people to so they can see all of the fucking books you've written, all the ones <laughs> that are on the way, and your OnlyFans, drop that link again and all of that okay. stuff, please. Yeah. First of all, I've really enjoyed my conversation with you. Uh, it's just been so lovely. Um, I, I, I knew from the quality of the content of your other episodes Aww. that I was that I just showed up here this morning really looking forward to having this conversation and it did not disappoint. I know. I knew we were in for a good time. I knew it too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> really, really nice. Oh, that's um, so sweet. Thank you so much for saying so. Yeah. And uh, let's see. I think the links I dropped were sexual, uh, sexualsoulmatesbook.com and uh, Sex Life Bucket List. And the pump guide is at pumpingguide.com. And then my OnlyFans is onlyfans.com slash Susan Bratton. My Instagram is also my name, Susan Bratton. My main website with thousands of articles that I've written, including the how to choke a person without choking them and all the things we talked about, is at personallifemedia.com. And what's nice about it is that you can type in any keywords and articles will come up. So I, I like to meet people wherever they are. 
And then I have another website called betterlover.com with hundreds of videos on it, like everything from all about the pumping and the sexual regenerative stuff to passionate lovemaking techniques, how to make love to a woman, how to have penetration orgasms from intercourse, how to give a yoni massage, you know, you name it, it's on there. So betterlover.com is another nice hub for me as well. And you're welcome to, uh, if you get on my email newsletter, you're welcome to reply to anything I send you and ask me any questions that you'd like, because as you know, it's my joy and my jam. So Erin, thank you so much for having me. It was really a pleasure. Oh my God. Thank you to you as well, Susan Bratton, everybody. For me, you know where to follow me by now. I'm at the Lady Pim one on Twitter. That's where I'm the most active. But if you must go on over to Instagram, Instagram. I'm at the Lady Pim over there or at the Bedpost Podcast. We have a Patreon. It's the Bedpost Show. We have a YouTube channel. It's also the Bedpost Show. And I'm an old lady on TikTok, so follow me there too. Suddenly I decided to do that. But I'm uh, the Lady Pim on there. And um, I never like to go an episode without thanking the lovely lady who does all the original music for my podcast. Her name is Stephanie Copeland. You can find out more about her at stepcopelandmusic.com. Once again, a huge thank you to Susan Bratton, my lovely guest for today and uh we'll see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here on the bedpost podcast talking about sex and sexuality until then everybody get fucked (laughs) bye this podcast has been brought to you by the sonar network sonar